Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Hear engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. Hi, my name is Caroline Stocks with Poultry Health Today, and with me is Michaela Olson, who's a veterinarian at Wilson Veterinary Co. in Minnesota. Michaela, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, Clostridium septicum dermatitis, uh, it's typically thought to be a disease of turkeys and broilers, but you've encountered it in uh, egg layers. Can you tell us a little bit about when you first saw it? Yeah, so it was actually a couple of years ago and it was before I started with Wilson Vet Co. Um, but it was just um, a, a mortality event at a farm um, and the farm sent in whole birds to the lab um, and they came back, the lab said, oh, these birds are just too decomposed to even look at. Um, please send in fresh birds. Um, and so they sent in more birds and it just, you know, kind of kept repeating itself. Oh, these birds are too decomposed. Um, finally, there was a diagnostician at the lab that said, hey, wait a minute. This kind of looks like what we see in broilers and turkeys, um, gangrenous dermatitis. He said, let's, let's look into this further. And so he did and took some samples. And sure enough, it came back as um, Clostridium septicum. Um, and so then we kind of started putting two and two together and eventually started seeing it then at more farms. Um, and we've really, at first we were seeing it in colony cages. Um, and so we thought, oh, it's a colony cage disease. Um, but eventually we started seeing it in other systems. Um, so far we haven't seen it in any cage-free systems. Um, it's all been caged housing. Um, so whether it's from you know, the birds you know, scraping themselves on the housing itself um, and causing abrasions to their skin. And then the bacteria is entering that way. Or, um, you know, another thought would be that it's, um, you know, something like coccidiosis is causing, you know, dysbacteriosis of the gut um, because clostridium is a, a, a ubiquitous um, bacteria in on the skin of chickens and in poultry houses. Um, and it's usually not harmful, but um, if something like coxie is causing that dysbacteriosis, then it can kind of take over and become a bad bacteria. So maybe something like that um, could be the cause of it. Um, so we're not quite sure on exactly what's causing it, whether it's an inside out thing or an outside in. Obviously, you sort of a breadth of production systems there. In terms of the timing of when you're seeing signs of it, is, is there any specific time? There doesn't seem to be any specific time. Um, and like I said, some flocks have a spike in mortality, and then the mortality just kind of lingers throughout the rest of the flock. Um, other times, it's just a quick little blip of mortality, and then it goes away. Um, we haven't seen any production effects with it, which is also interesting. I mean, the birds that stay alive continue to lay eggs. So when it comes to the source of infection, then where do you think it's most likely that it's coming from? Is it, is it something in the feed? Is it the water, biosecurity? So we've done um, some environmental swabbing. Um, we've done uh, taken feed and water samples. Um, the only thing that's come back uh, with Clostridium septicum was a single water sample. And I'm not quite sure if that was 
truly in the water or if it was just contamination um, when the sample was being taken because we know clostridium can be ubiquitous in the poultry houses. So it's, you know, not sure. <laughs> so more to come on that. <laughs> so in terms of the, the cases you've seen, have they been, uh, has it been at one farm or has it been multiple units that you've, you've seen this happen? So we've seen it at multiple farms across multiple different states. Um, we, it's all been within the same company, which is interesting. We haven't seen it in any different companies quite yet. You know, I think a lot of times when we see bacterial things with layers, layer vets and others kind of just shrug it off as E. coli, which, you know, I think we're starting to realize, oh, we probably shouldn't do that. We should probably, you know, dig a little bit deeper into it. So when it comes to controlling the disease, what measures have you been able to advise on and, and what's worked? So um, this company that we've been seeing it in um, previous to this, um, seeing these cases, they had a probiotic um, in their feed and it was removed just for some cost savings. Um, and because they weren't seeing any issues, of course, you know, that always happens. If you aren't seeing issues, then things get removed from programs. Um, so then we have since added back in, we tried some different shelf, like off the shelf probiotics. Um, and now we're using a specific blend um, that is, was tested with some of the isolates that we've gotten from some of the farms um, that's been proven uh, to work and it seems to be working well so far. Um, we've also added in water sanitation and acidification across all of the farms. So do you have any advice on um, when Clostridium septicum might be suspected and, and when you should test for it? I guess if you're seeing mortality, obviously, um, and some of that dermatitis. Um, and if you open up birds and you're seeing kind of that wet appearance, um, enlarged liver, enlarged spleen, um, that might be something to look into further. Um, and we've, we've found that um, taking femurs has been a good, easy sample to take on the farm. Um, and there's very little contamination with that because then it goes to the lab and they open it up and swab the marrow. Um, so we found that that's pretty helpful in finding it. And then I think that also kind of shows that it's uh, a systemic disease if it's, you know, in the bone marrow. I guess this isn't a disease that many uh, uh, layer producers are going to be looking for because it's not something that's, that's kind of specific to them. What can they be doing? how should they be keeping an eye out for, for this kind of disease? And at what point should they be considering that it might be an issue for them? I mean, obviously, if you're having any sort of mortality, contacting your veterinarian um, and working with them, um, sending birds or samples into the lab, um, even if you think they have that decomposed look to them, um, you know, it might actually be something um, and it you know might not just be E. coli. It might be you know, something like this, um, and it's worth taking a look at. Um, and it's not something that's, you know, going to cost a lot of money. So if it happens to not be that, then so what, but you've checked it off your list, um, and kind of done your due diligence in that. Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com slash join.